You're listening to the Life Tree Church Sermon of the Week. We pray that as you hear this word, you would be encouraged and inspired as you pursue Jesus in your everyday life. So guys, Testimony Sunday, it's, it's a good thing. It is a good thing to do. Um, I want to I just take a minute just to read something from Psalm 78 and to, and to share a little bit about why this is so important, okay, and so good and so valuable. Um, here we go. Psalm 78 from the NIV. I'm going to read verse 1 all the way to 11, and then, uh, and then we'll make clear why after that. My people, hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things, things from of old, things we have heard and known, things our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children. So the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. They would not be like their ancestors, a stubborn and rebellious generation whose hearts were not loyal to God, whose spirits were not faithful to him. The men of Ephraim, though armed with bows, turned back. On the day of battle, they did not keep God's covenant and refused to live by his law. They forgot what he had done, the wonders he had shown them. And what we see going on in this is that there is this this expectation within the community of God's people to tell the next generation about the praiseworthy deeds, the power of God, the things that they had seen him do. To tell the next generation of his statutes and his commands and his ways, right? And, and there's this idea that it's going to get passed on from generation to generation. But right near the end, we saw this, this thing happen. It says the men of Ephraim, they were armed with bows, right? They're, they're ready for battle. They had what they needed for it. But in the day of battle, what did they do? What did they do? They turned back and they ran away. Why? It's in the the last verse that we read. Verse 11, they forgot what he had done, the wonders he had shown them. And there was was this, this picture there that they were ready, they were equipped to go into the battle, to move forward into what God called them to do. But they turned back because they forgot the stories of what God had done. And there's something that we actually, in order to, to move forward we need to remember what God has done. There is, this, there is this power in actually rehearsing as a community the things that God has done in our lives that gives us the strength that we're going to need to continue walking forward. This concept is throughout the story of Israel that when they would forget, they would turn away from the Lord. They wouldn't wouldn't serve him. They wouldn't walk with him. There's something about testimonies, stories of what God has done that shape us into being the people he's called us to be. They inform us of who God is and what he's like, you know, because it's not just uh, abstract ideas and good theology that help us understand God. It's actually seeing him actively at work in our lives and the lives of those around us. We serve a living God. He is at work in your life. We were singing last night at the, the, the prayer gathering at Gateway Church, uh, that miracle worker song, right? And it's like, even when I don't see it, you're moving, working. He is, he's active, okay? And, uh, and so that's why, like I mentioned at the beginning of the service, every Tuesday, when we gather as a staff team, we start that meeting asking the question, what has God been doing? Everybody knows that question is coming on Tuesday. And the reason that we do that is because we really can't afford to go about business and try moving forward without a perspective of what God has been up to. 
And so what we try to do here on New Year's Day as a church is just reflect. Let's reflect on this last year. What has God been doing? And so I pose the question to you right now. When you reflect on this last year, or maybe the story you have to share spans beyond just this last year. Maybe it's been developing longer than that. But it's, what has God been doing? What has God been doing in your life? Maybe it's a story of, of a healing. I know I heard some awesome stories of people being healed in our community this last year. Maybe it's a story about where you didn't know how you were going to make ends meet and there was some breakthrough financially. Or, or, or maybe you're trying to, you know, find somewhere to live in Victoria, and you, and, and, and you found somewhere to live in Victoria. Like, that's, that's a story right there, you know. Uh, may, maybe it's a story that's more about being in a really down, dark, difficult season. And you just have this awareness that God has been with you in it, you know. There's all sorts of ways that as we reflect, we may realize, hey, God has been at work in my life, okay? And so what we're going to do is we're just going to, we're going to welcome you to come up. There is nobody prepared. There's nobody out there, just so you know, who's like, we know for sure is coming up to share. So if you've got something, you can come share. But what we're going to ask is, let's try to shoot for like a three-minute mark. Uh, You know, if if, if, if that's hard to pull off because your story's just full of all sorts of details, we're okay with that. We're not going to be freaking out. But, uh, but, but let's, let's just shoot for that time so that we can make space for others to share. So the way we'll do this, okay, is that if you've got a testimony you want to share, come up here. If someone's up here sharing, you can sit on the stairs or lean up against that thing, but just create a line. And... And off we go, okay? So if you've got a story to share, you're welcome to come and share. We've got a story. And we're going to ask you to come up on the stage. I know that's uncomfortable for some people, but it helps us for anybody who's viewing online to get to see you. And, yeah, let's use that. Let's use both. That's great. Good morning. Um, I did stay up until midnight and went to the worship thing, and then I woke up at 10.15, and I was like, I need to get to church. Um, so <coughs> this is me just woken up. Um, anyway, it's I woke up. I came outside rushing to get in my car to come to church. And there was a man that I met yesterday from the worship um, with his wife, who I've worked with med surge in the hospital with. Um, and they, they came over to our house last night. Like I've only met her on the floor working as a nurse. And they set this different tone in our house because just right now our family's going through a, a really massive grief and loss. Tremendous. And um, they came over and just set this really fun tone that, and I was coming home from the worship service and thinking like, you know, there's a sadness in our family. And it was like, I felt like I couldn't make it better. Um, but then they came over and they brought, they had bananas in their car and we had like fondue and I was, I was, um, well, we had candy from Life Tree actually, the, the, um, chocolate. Anyway, everything was just provided and he played, uh, the, the, he's a young, it's a young couple. They played a game with our kids and they were just laughing and they had an awesome time. And then they came with big cracker things that you light on fire. And we ran down our street screaming, Happy New Year's. And it just made my mama heart so happy. And then I went, uh, I came out to the car um, this morning. And he was there. And he's like, oh, I just knocked on your door. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I literally, I was sleeping. And he's like, I'm just taking your propane tanks to fill them up. Because I had mentioned, I'm like, are you, like, do you have to put them in seatbelts? Do you need a truck? Like, there's things that I just don't know about. Um, so he was picking up my propane tanks and going to pick them up and fill them up for us. And I have so many stories right now that I won't say, but I have met people, like, divine appointments, I will say, in Home Depot, um, in the bank, almost everywhere where I've gone. 
I have met a person that like reaches me and we're literally, I was in Home Depot looking at countertops and I was crying with the lady and she was crying with me and we were sharing and it was just amazing. And then uh, Patrick picked up our drywall and dropped it off just like a fairy, like a drywall fairy. And then <laughs> um, like there's just so many and it's it's so, so great. Um, Whiteson and uh, Bethany and there's, I can't even say how many people honestly in this church that have helped me get through this month. And I know that um, I just so appreciate it. And we love our church um, tremendously and are so grateful. Callie, actually, Callie was there when I was having an attack. Like, I literally, I was going to faint at Thrifties, and I was in tons of pain. And she came, and they, or they were at the store. And then she drove us home. So it was like she was there at the exact moment I needed her, you know. And Stacy came the other day to help. I phoned him. I said, hey, we just got a bunch of flooring, and it's heavy could you come if you're, and he's like, I'll be there. In the pouring rain, he came and helped us. So I can't, if I haven't mentioned your name, just know that I love you and you guys are, are helping us make it through a very difficult time in our life right now. So. Thanks, Catherine. <laughs> Stacy. And I wanted to applaud Catherine for asking. Right, because when we need, we get this opportunity for community to step in. It's so beautiful. So we, we honor that. No, not a chance. I'm going to stay, stay clear here. Um, those words we were singing, thank you for prepping. Um, those words that we were singing this morning, God's goodness is running after, running after me. And I was writing down how dynamic God's goodness is how he pursues and he initiates and he loves. And um, many of you have been so supportive and so affirming and interceding for our family. Um, we have four kids and our eldest has been in a 10-year struggle with addiction. And I was thinking last night of how amazing it was. He came home from work yesterday. He's at home now. He walked in the kitchen as I was cooking dinner gave me a big hug, said, I love you, Dad, and sat down to eat with us. I, I, I can't even explain what that looks like in terms of where he was at um, a year ago, two years ago. It doesn't matter what time I look at in the last 10 years, there's no point where it was exciting as a dad to see where he was at. But last night, there was just so many layers of good. And um, for those of you out there who are struggling as I am as a dad, as a parent in a relationship where you're wanting to understand how to control it, which is just brutally tough when you can't, um, God's goodness, it's very dynamic. And he will show us, if we're willing to lean into him, how to be that same type of dynamic goodness, to wait when we're to wait, to initiate when we're to initiate, and to celebrate every move that God's making that we can't track or control or script. And I just want to give a lot of glory to God for the work he's doing, for what he's accomplished in our family. There's so much more. <laughs> but I want to take those times to just mark it and say, milestone, this is huge. This is really big. And I want to thank each of you who's prayed, because so many of you have been there for our son and for our family at different critical times. And his goodness just keeps on running after us. It's really good. So good. Oh, we got a race going on here. Got a race. <laughs> okay. I have support. Good. Um, there's, there's so much I can say about this last year, but I think I'm going to try and keep it to uh, the latest testimony of God's goodness. Um, this, this year, I don't even know, there's probably about 10 words that are all negative connotations, just it's been really difficult, it's been tough, it's been emotional. I, I think we've both really 
came to the end of ourselves, where we got to a point where, God, this is just so difficult um, financially, um, just the move to the island. And and I can remember one night we were both sitting on the bed and we were praying together, and we both of us were just crying. We just, God, why do you bring us to such a place of brokenness? Why do you bring us to such a place of absolute desperation? And we've repented and we've prayed and we've accepted all these things. Um, and then two days later, there was breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough and it was so so sweet um that i got the revelation that when the i don't even know how to put it into words <laughs> squirreling a bit here that when we are at our worst when the breakthrough comes it's the sweetest if that makes sense so um anyway since i think it was in november it was we've just really experienced God's waves of just really of goodness and favor and so um, my mum has dementia and she lives in a care home in England and it's just her and me I'm an only child and I normally see her once a year but because of COVID I haven't been able to see her for three years now and she's deteriorated significantly she's lost a lot of weight and mentally she doesn't remember Andre's name and we've been married 18 almost 18 years so and she doesn't remember the kids' names. And um, my heart was just breaking. I really needed to get to see her. But we didn't have the finances. So I, from about September, I've been praying, Lord, please, I need to see mom. I need to see mom. And we've spoken about it. And there's, they, God didn't come through the way I thought he was going to. So I just released it and let it go. And so we spoke about it a little bit more. And um, Andre got a a bonus that I didn't know about. He kept it from me. And on Christmas Day, I opened an air ticket to go and see my mum. <laughs> and it was, um, <laughs> God's just beautiful. <laughs> so the bonus that Andre got was the exact cent of the cost of my air ticket. <laughs> so, yeah, just God is beautiful. <laughs> and, yeah, just thank you, everybody, for this community, we would not have made it the last six months if it wasn't for you guys. There's, there's specific people, but just everybody. Life Tree is our home and our safe place. And we really, really appreciate everything you guys have done for us. And the food is good. <laughs> oh, should I give it to you? I'm going to try and get this done as quickly as I can. Um, but it's a bit of a long and winding tale. So God has been teaching me about trust and patience for the last, oh, I'm going to say eight years. <laughs> um, I have been sick. And um, life has been a struggle. And he has just been there and he has lifted me up and he has made it possible for me to go to work and to serve every day. And, but we were at the end of 2021, I guess that was, middle of 2021. We, we were done, we were at the end of our ropes. Things were so bad and so dire with me. We just said, um, or no, it's the end of 2020. We said, that's it, we, we need to sell this, we need to sell our business. We need to sell our business and we need to just remove ourselves and go somewhere where life can be a little simpler. And so I prayed fervently and we sold our business. <laughs> um, and then the sale fell through in December of 2020. And my husband and I, we had already kind of informed our landlord that we wouldn't be renewing our lease the following November. And we're like, okay, so what are we, what are we gonna do now? There's nowhere for us to go. It's like, okay, well, we're gonna buy a house. We'll just, we'll buy a house and we're gonna move the business into the house. And this was like, do you all remember the real estate market in early 2021, I guess that was? And so I just prayed. It's like, okay, God, we need a house. And so we saw a house, it was a great house. We made an offer and the offer was like $100,000 short of what it needed to be. <laughs> So, okay, fine, we kept going. And then our realtor called us and he said, you have to go and see this house. So we went and saw this house and we drove in and we need a big driveway to run our business. This house had a four car driveway, four cars wide, two cars deep, we're like, this is the house. So we made 
an offer, and I'm like spreadsheet person. I was looking at the spreadsheet, and I was terrified. I'm like, God, if this doesn't, because we hadn't sold our house yet, um, so <laughs> um, so we had an offer accepted on Sunday. We listed our house on Wednesday. We had it sold the following Monday for the exact same amount that we paid for the new house plus $500, which was the cost of the Airbnb that we stayed in <laughs> while our house was on the market. <laughs> so it was a very busy time in 2021. I was still dealing with migraines. We didn't know how it was all gonna work out, but we just, we kept going and I just kept trusting. And somewhere in the craziness, um, I had my last migraine. The last migraine I have ever had. <laughs> So that was sometime like May, June, 2021. Yeah, I had the day of my first menopausal hot flash was the day of my last migraine. <laughs> so we moved into the house and then you all remember COVID, everyone's doing renovations. We're like, oh God, like we need a contractor. We, we were sent a contractor and they finished the job on time and on budget which was a miracle, absolute miracle, miracle. <laughs> and so we, it was just such a crazy time. I was really broken at the end of 2021. It took a long time to kind of settle into myself, to settle into the new life, working from home. But I was starting to come out of my really dark period. We went on an amazing snowshoe holiday, life was great. And then in um, early May of this year, I got COVID. And then I had heart complications from COVID. And so I have spent this year recovering. Um, it's meant I haven't been able to be at church. It just has been cooking my nervous system to be here. So my walk with God has gotten very small and very personal. Um, we've had a lot of great conversations this year. And uh, this October in the forest in Montreal, in, in, in Quebec, we were visiting my husband's daughter. He, he whispered to me, he said, you can continue to fight this or you can befriend it. And I realized that I had been fighting this long COVID thing. I had been fighting my way through, the way I fight through everything. And that whisper in my ear was the start of me stepping aside <laughs> and taking off my boxing gloves and starting to walk more in friendship with the illness that I've been navigating. And that, that day, that walk in the forest was the start of my healing. And then a few weeks later, so again, just trusting. I've been walking, I've been trusting, I've been listening. And then a few weeks later, I was driving in the rainstorm. I don't know if you remember that really bad first rainstorm we had. And it was a little tense on the road. And God said to me, he talks to me when I'm driving a lot. He like tells me which way to go home. And I always listen. And that day I didn't. He's like, God, he said, turn here. I'm like, mm, no, God, it's kind of raining. And I'm like, I'm good here. I have my route plan. I'm just going to go. <laughs> and he said to me as clear, as clear as a bell, he said to me, if I cannot trust you to listen to me on the little things, how can I trust you to listen to me on the big things? Oh, man. So it was too late to turn, so I kept going. And I had the thought, well, I guess if I was really supposed to go that way, like something's going to happen, something bad's going to happen, something's going to happen, and that will really tell me that I should have listened. And again, he said to me, it's not always about you. It's like, oh. <laughs> he said, sometimes I need you where I need you because I need you there for someone else. And so <laughs> that has just been with me the last few weeks. And so for me, as I start to come out of this really close, tight, tight little walk I've had with God and back out into coming to church again and being out in the world again, um, my prayer for myself, my prayer for everyone is that we can just trust. And then, you know, when, when God says, go here, when God says, do this, when God says, I need you to write this check, <laughs> <laughs> which I did just before Christmas for the food bank, and it was really scary. Um, yeah, we just need to trust. 
We just need to trust. He's got us. He has brought me through so much. So if I could trust him to carry with me through all that he has brought me through, I can trust him when he says go. Thank you. One, two, oh yeah, okay. Hi guys. Um, okay, I'll try and keep it short. <laughs> um, there's, I was, yeah, just in doing worship, I was just thinking of, oh, there's just so many things I could share, but I'll try and keep it short. <laughs> um, so those of you who know us, we have, we have family from South Africa, and four years ago we immigrated, um, and we landed in Richmond on the mainland, and um, the only people we knew in Canada were Andre and Liz, <laughs> the couple that shared earlier. Um, and they like just made us feel so welcome here and everything. But they were staying in Vernon, which was like six a six-hour um, drive. So we literally like knew nobody and we started our life. Anyway, so we were in, we were in Richmond and, um, but, and it was a great time. But I, I never felt that that was where we were supposed to be forever. And um, and then one day when I was just praying, um, I just got a vision of our two families, Andre and Liz, and our family. I saw a map and I saw like um, arrows landing on this island. And I wrote it down in my journal. And then I was like, well, I don't know if that'll ever happen. Well, I, I should. <laughs> I just like, well, I'm just leaving it and seeing what happens. And Andre and Liz were very settled in Vernon. They were not wanting to move anywhere. Um, and we were in Richmond, and that was it. And then um, last year, I think it was last year, no, the year before, because now it's a new year, um, we, uh, yeah, I got, I got cancer for the second time, stage four cancer, and, um, and then around that, that time, we, um, my husband Vaughan got a job in um, Ontario, so I just had radiation and in the middle of all the treatment and everything, we actually did this big move. We drove all the way across Canada um, in summer. So it was beautiful, lovely drive. And then we got to um, Sosa Marie and we bought a house and we were like, this is it. We're settling here. This is going to be our forever place and our forever home. But of course, God, <laughs> as he does, <laughs> has had different plans for us. And I was so like, this is it. We settled here. I'm not ever moving again. I still continued with my treatments and all this on that side. And then um, things didn't, weren't working out with uh, Vaughan's job. Um, Andre was looking for work on the island. And there was a stirring that maybe we'd like end up on the island. I was like, God, not a chance. I'm not moving again. I've moved like 10 times in 12 years of being married. We've, we, How can we move all the way back from Ontario, all the way back like eight-day drive, and it was going to be winter when we moved. I was like, forget it. I'm not doing it. But then God reminded me of the the vision that he'd given me. And I said to him, okay, I'll do it. But I could tell you I would not have done it if God had shown me that. So he had, he'd showed me two years before to prepare me because I wouldn't have done it. So anyway, long story we ended up driving all the way back in winter, all the way back to the island. And he brought us here, and Andre and Liz came here too. And now we all stayed here in Brentwood Bay together. And then the first time we came to Life Tree, we'd been looking for churches. We'd been at a few churches for four years. We'd never found anything like this. And the first Sunday when I stood up to worship, I thought I'd gone to heaven because I experienced God's presence which is in this place. And I mean, I went afterwards to Shah. I said, Shah, this is just what I've been looking for. And, sorry, I'm so emotional. And the long and short of it is, uh, also with my cancer, my last test, which was about two weeks ago, they can't find any cancer in my body. <laughs> so... I just, I feel finally like we can, we can settle. This is it. This is where God has brought us. He's landed us here in this church with this amazing community. We love you guys. And yeah, we also need a place to stay. And now we, our campus now with, on Mike and Shah's property, just another miracle. We just, yeah, there's so many things, but anyway, that's it. I just want to say thank you guys and thank you God.
For those of you that don't know me, I'm Caleb's dad. <laughs> I want to encourage you, so I don't want to preach too much, but I just want to tell you, Ephesians 2.10 says, we are God's workmanship. We're his work of art. And he's prepared works for every one of us to be able to walk in and do. He's prepared them in advance. But I want to say you're looking at a man that's probably coming from a place of greater brokenness than many. At 13 years of age, I was already into LSD. I was into every kind of drug that imaginable. Uh, before I was 16 years old, I'd overdosed on heroin. I'd overdosed on many different drugs, wound up in the hospital numerous times. Car crash after car crash because of being so wasted. I feel like I only have a le legitimate grade 7 education. Because when I, I feel like they put me through grade 8 and 9, either thinking I'd come to my senses or they just didn't want me back because I was such a pain in the butt. But when I was 16, I moved out of the house. And I got a car. And I quit school completely at that point, too. But I just want to be able to highlight and identify what God is able to do. And my story to testify to you what he can do through you. So I was the least likely, probably the most disqualified person you could possibly imagine. Four and a half years ago, we transitioned the church to Decatur and Telsey's leadership. But since that time, there's so many stories to tell. But I'll say in 1974, when I was baptized at 17, I had a prophetic word of Jeremiah 1.5 of before I was born, that he formed me, he prepared me in my mother's womb, and that he appointed me as a prophet to the nations. I didn't know what that meant. Didn't even know what a prophet was, never mind a prophet to the nations. And then in 1999, he gave me Isaiah 55.5 repeatedly by waking up at 5.55, and it took me a while to understand it, of what he was saying. But it says that the nations are going to call to you and the nations are going to call you to come, and they're going to run to you. And so even this year, I was speaking to leaders in Washington, D.C. in May, uh, leaders in Philadelphia. Uh, I was in Cali, Colombia, speaking to government leaders at the Global Council of Nations. Uh, I was speaking on a book that I've written with friends called Third Education Revolution that's been translated into seven languages, and it's now in universities all over the world as curriculum. And it's about what God's doing in education, an uneducated man. God loves to take the foolish things to confound the wise. I become friends with the first lady and the president in Uganda. I just came from a seven-week trip. I was in Uganda with government leaders. I was in Cote d'Ivoire with government and education leaders from nine different nations. I was the only white man there. But they affirmed me and they said, you're a black man on the inside. <laughs> Because of the way you dance. You dance like us. <laughs> so it was encouraging being there. What's that? I can, sh I can show you, but I need a little bit of, I need African music to show you. <laughs> and there's too many stories to tell, but I've been in Colombia with government leaders recently. I've been in Brazil uh, three times already with government leaders. In July, I spoke for Pablo Marcells, who was running for the presidency, and on the platform of turning the people in the nation into a people of a mindset that are entrepreneurial and also transforming the education system. And that was broadcast on national TV. And there's story after story uh, of people coming to Christ watching it on television. But rather than getting into too many details, so the last trip, I was in Uganda, then Cote d'Ivoire, then Miami, getting to speak with John Maxwell, and then Kelly's relative, one of the most famous worship leaders in the Latino world called Marcus Witt. And at the very first meeting, there was a luncheon. So this is the last sort of testimony related to this. And I felt led to go sit with these leaders, and there was three of them. And as I sat down, I got a download. I said, before you tell me your names or who you are and what you do, can I just share something? So I shared a word with each one, but one of them, Max Barasso, I shared a word with him. I see you 
presenting Christian education and Christian universities to government leaders, to presidents and leaders all over the world. And I said, I believe it's going to happen very soon. He says, nobody's told you who I am? I said, no. And he tells me, my name's Max Barrasso. I'm being headhunted by Oral Roberts University. He's 36 years old to be the president of Oral Roberts University. Ten days after that word, he's texting me. He said, Bruce, all I can hear is your words. I'm here in Argentina. I was presenting Christian universities to some pastors and leaders. They said, we need you to meet this man. He's the chief of staff in the government and make a presentation to him. So he's meeting with him. This man says, you're talking about what we've been talking about in our leadership. Can you put this on hold? I want to bring the leadership in here to be able to hear you because this is so timely of what you're telling us because he's presenting Christian universities, uh, independent ones, to the gov- to this chief of staff. And he texts me during the time in between while they're getting the leaders. He said, Bruce, what do I do? I don't know who they're bringing in, but what do I do? I said, more than selling them on your idea, find out what their felt need is among them as a team. And then if you can find out what their felt need is as leaders. So they shared, they've been studying education in Israel, and they love the culture. They've been studying Christian universities, and they want the values of the Christian universities, and they want those kinds of universities because they don't like seeing what's going on. But they said, we don't believe in God, but we want the values in the culture. And so he spoke to them just of the vision that he had and the plan that they have of Oral Roberts Universities, which their vision now is they want to raise up leaders that realizing if you're in politics if you're in medicine, if you're in education, it's education as mission, government as mission, and that you're in full-time ministry and you're a missionary wherever you are, full-time. And it's to be able to raise up people to be sent into those places. Anyway, when he asked the president, what's your personal need? Like, what do you want to see happen just in your own life? He said, well, my eldest daughter went to Oxford, and she had a homestay, and it just totally changed her life. Now my 22-year-old wants to do the same thing, but he said, the world has gotten so crazy, I don't know where to send her that I feel safe. And Max said, let me make a couple of phone calls. And so he got back to him and said, okay, I've made some phone calls. I have a government friend in Florida that there's these two universities that are holding the courses that she's looking for. Would you be interested in this? He says, I don't believe in God, but this is divine. This was the president of Argentina saying this. So I can tell you story after story, but I don't have time. But I want to say to you that every single one of you are being prepared for works. You might be in a season of being prepared or of hiddenness, But if we trust God, we should have the evidence and the fruit of how he's trusting us. If we say we trust him, we need the fruit of that. You might be in a season of preparedness. I feel like it's been years of God preparing me. Uh, You know, 48 years ago is when he started speaking to me about being a prophet to the nations. So it's been a long time of preparing. But my heart and what I'm sharing more than the testimony, is for you to be awakened to the reality of no matter who you are. I do not have the qualifications and the natural to be writing a scholarly book on education. I do not have the qualifications to speak to government leaders. But I feel like God, what I want to boast in, is that he highly favors me and he trusts me. And he wants to trust every one of us with more of the secrets of his heart and the keys to the hearts of the people in the world around you. Amen? Amen. Rewards of sitting in the front. (laughs) 
Hey, so my name is Scott. If I haven't met you, uh, my wife Haley here. We just started coming to Life Tree. Was it a month, month and a half ago? And uh, yeah, you guys are awesome. So I just want to say thank you for welcoming us with open arms. Uh, we really feel at home here. And uh, yeah, God's God's led us all over the place, um, over all over Canada um, to California. We've been married for five years, and we've lived in five different cities. Uh, been involved in multiple churches and stuff. And I, I was just wondering, like. God, what do, you, what do you want me to share today? And he really highlighted the start of 2022. And uh, we were going through a lot of heavy stuff. There was, uh, we had someone really close to us pass away. Um, and then we also had another really terrible tragedy happen, which um, not very many people experienced something like that. And it was all within the same week. And we were like, we were crumbling. Like, it was like, God, I know you're here, and I know you got us, and I know you're comforting us, and we're mourning with community, multiple communities at the exact same time. And then uh, my mom calls me, and she's like, on the exact same day that one of these tragedies happened, and she's like, a good friend of ours is in the hospital. She's been on, basically on her deathbed for a few days. She's been unconscious, hasn't moved, hasn't nothing like done anything. And in my in my spirit I'm like, "All right, God, I'm I'm broken here. What do you want what do you want me to do?" And he's like, "Do you believe in resurrection power? Do you believe that you have the same spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the dead inside of you?" I was like, "Of course. Of course I do." And he's like, "And pray." So, they were in Manitoba, where this person was, she was in Manitoba. And at that time, Haley and I were in Alberta. So I'm like, Mom, is, is she around you? Are you in the hospital with her? And she's like, no, nope, not allowed in, COVID, all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, let's pray right now. So we prayed right there and then. Not a fancy prayer or anything, maybe 30 seconds. She calls me back within 10 minutes. She's sat up, fully fully there and within the next week she's walking around she's home all good so so this summer i went with my family and a group of people gillespie's included across canada on an evangelism trip and we went to winnipeg and we went to this thing called the Battle for Canada, which was like worship, and we did evangelism. And we were doing evangelism, and the very first day I went out with a group of people. We were all under 17. Gideon was with me, and there was another Gideon, so it was pretty cool. There's two Gideons. And we were going out, and we were just kind of wandering around asking God. We weren't really talking with many people. There weren't many people out. And finally, we, there's this river going through Winnipeg. And we were going across this one bridge, and there was this busker named Rick. And he was playing his guitar. The problem is he had Parkinson's in his left hand. And he was having trouble playing all the chords. And so we were talking to him. And he was a Christian. We said, hey, can we pray for you? And he said, well, sure. And so we prayed for him. And suddenly his hand stopped m moving. And it stayed still. And we were like, whoa. And he said, hey, my hand just stopped moving. And so then our time was up. And so we went back. And the next day we came back and went out. And we found him again. He said, you know, my hand still moves, but it's a lot less, and I can get it to stop. It no longer is uncontrollable. And he could play the chords again, and he was busking, and we came up with some other people, and they played a bunch, and it was pretty fun. And God is moving, and he still heals. Hey, Life Tree. Is this on? Okay. Um, two quick stories, and I'm going to be quick. Um, when Bruce was sharing about uh, the third education revolution, I joined him every Wednesday praying um, with the crew there. And, you know, these are really intellectual, high-ranking. It can be intimidating to even speak in their presence, these men. Bruce has no intimidation. You're pretty awesome like that, Bruce. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, I heard the Lord say to me, creative and unexpected ways that the Lord was going to open a door in creative and unexpected ways. I mean, my heart's just 
racing. I'm terrified. But it wouldn't go. I'm like, all right, I need to be obedient. And I just said it. I feel like the Lord is saying he's going to open the door in creative and unexpected ways. Within the month, Vishal Mangawadi, he's the, the main guy behind Third Education Revolution, got to meet Jordan Peterson. And then Jordan Peterson had him on his podcast. And now the way's been opened for Bruce and a bunch of the authors of the book to be interviewed by Jordan Peterson. Oh my goodness, talk about creative and unexpected ways. We didn't see that coming. That's incredible favor. Um, and the other thing is all this year, and I'm not exaggerating, it's probably 10 months of this last year, the numbers 222 two, two, have been hounding me. Like I see them everywhere. It's like every time I look at a clock, it says 222. Two, two. Um, when I do my dishes, the dishwasher says 222. Two, two. When I, um, I was making a video of someone and when I pressed stop, I saw it went for two minutes and 22 seconds. And I'm just like, why am I seeing 222 two, two everywhere? Sometimes it was six times a day seeing 222. Two, two. Last night I got some groceries and the total came to 222. Two, two. I'm not kidding. It is chasing me around. And then I was on um, another one of these calls with Bruce and Anoop had, has as his profile picture, you know, some people don't put their face on, and it was a tree and it said Revelation 22 verse 2. And I was like, ooh, uh, Caleb can read it because I need glasses. I'm that old. Yeah, thank you. Down the middle of the great street of the city, on each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Whoa. And you know we're life tree. And you've just heard some heal healing testimonies. And I, I feel like the Lord wants to use us to do more. To do more. That we're part of it. How exciting is that? That he wants to use us to bring healing to the nations. Praise the Lord. So maybe I'll see it 222 all next year as well, but I think I'm getting the message, Lord. We're good, we're good. <laughs> Go, Bruce. <laughs> just in the 222, my friend just phoned me the other day, and he's received $222 million for uh, transformational centers being established around the world, and he leads uh, a transformational education movement. God is so good. Hi. So Scott just came up, but I felt like I wasn't supposed to come up with him because I feel like um, my testimony can help. If it can help one person, one youth or one young adult or someone that I felt, um, I was just sitting. I was like, I feel like I'm supposed to share something, but I'm not sure what. And then God gave me a, a reminder of a dream that I had had. And it, now I'm just like shaking. <laughs> my heart was beating. I was like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to share. So um, I had a dream before, like during probably 2020, early or 2021, um, of it was horrific. And, but I felt like God was putting this burden on my heart to encourage me to share my testimony. And this dream was, um, I was on the top of a mountain and it felt like everyone was not really there. It was like all these adults and older people like eating sandwiches and they're kind of like see-through. And I was like, why aren't, okay, why, why, okay, I don't understand this, but then this group of youth and young adults came storming up the mountain, and one by one, they started jumping off the cliff, and none of the, no one was doing anything, and I was, like, screaming, I was like, Jesus, why aren't you helping, I was like, why are they doing this, why are they jumping, I was just, like, freaking out, and he's like, you could save them, and I was like, what, how, he's like, you have to tell your story, I'm shaking, sorry, but um, I, I dealt with suicidal thoughts growing up, and in grade five, it was the first time I'd ever had these thoughts, and I thought they were my own thoughts, but God taught me back in 2021 after um, my husband's dad died. It was really traumatic, the whole situation. We were in Reading, and we had to fly to Manitoba, and um, it all happened so quickly, and then COVID happened, and it was just horrific, and these thoughts came back, and I was like, God, I haven't dealt with this in a long time. Why am I hearing, like, if Scott doesn't love you, no one loves you, like, all these things, and I was like, it was, I was having panic attacks, anxiety attacks, and I was like, why is this happening, and one night we'd had an argument, which 
it's marriage, <laughs> but well, it's not happened often. But this time I was like, I'm sleeping. We're in the middle of nowhere, literally living in a valley with his mom, just grieving. And no community, no, not like some community, but out so far, it was hard to have community. And we were reading Spirit Wars by Chris Valentin. And that book just, I needed that, but God used it. I, I was having such a bad panic attack in the middle of Manitoba in a ca cabin in the middle of nowhere. And I was like, God, this is it. Like, if you can't help me now, I don't know what I can do. And I remember asking for an angel and I didn't know what else to ask for. I was having a panic attack. I was like, God, send me an angel. And in that moment, I had flash, like a reel in my mind from beginning of when these thoughts came of like, if your friends don't like you, you should die. Like all these thoughts. And then, but it was almost like he gave me this picture of like a balloon that they were hanging there in front of me, the, these thoughts. And I chose as a child to grab onto the balloon and say, these are my thoughts. And I'd anytime something bad would happen throughout my life, it was like, oh, well, nobody likes me. I should die. Like these thoughts, I was like holding the balloon throughout my life, but they'd only really show up when something bad would happen. But in that moment, when I asked for an angel, he was like, if you ask Scott to pray for you and rebuke this spirit now, it will be gone and you can get rid of that forever. And I was like, okay, God, I don't want to talk to him <laughs> right now, but I will. And so I went and he prayed for me in that morning. Um, which I hope this can help someone because I, he prayed for me, rebuked it. And ever since I've never dealt with that ever again. And it was like, I let go of the balloon and it was no longer mine. And I just, I'm so grateful that God showed me that. I'm so grateful that I don't have to deal with that. And that I hope that this story will help someone else who's struggling and thinking this is my thoughts. And it, it's not. It's the enemy whispering in your ear saying, you're not good enough. You're not worthy enough. You're, you're nothing. And that's not true. God has a purpose and he loves you and he cares for you. And this all happened in Psalm, like my, I was 25 years old and my scripture for that year was Psalms 25 in the deepest, darkest valley. And it held me through the whole thing. So I hope you'll read that Psalm. I don't think we have time to read it, but it's really good. <laughs> I should pray. Okay. Jesus, I just pray for your heart, your Father's heart on all of us, that we would see the lonely and the broken in this season, that we would see the lonely, that we would invite them to our houses, that we would invite them for food, that we would be there for them, that we would seek them out, that we would pray for them, that when someone's hurting, we would be there with them, Lord, that if someone that we know is in the hospital, that we would call them or we would pray for them or we would be with them, or if you know someone who's even believing the smallest little lie that they're not good enough, that we could just speak into to them this week, Lord, today, Lord, in this hour, I just pray that our that heart, Lord, that you have for me, that you're chasing after me, that you've always been there ever since I was a child, God, that you've always had a purpose for me, that you've always, you've ever since, just every moment, I just see so many pictures of every moment in my life where you were there, even if I didn't know you were there, you were there, and I'm so grateful, and I just pray that we would see that today, that you would open our eyes, and that you would wake us up, Lord, that you would wake us up to see the people who are about to jump off that cliff, Lord, Lord, whatever that means, it doesn't have to be suicide. It could be anything, Lord. I just pray that those people who are about to make a bad decision or about to believe a lie, I just pray that we would see them, that we wouldn't ignore them, Lord. And I pray that in your name, Jesus. Amen. Yeah, all right. Um, <clears throat> these testimonies are very encouraging. And I encourage you to go back to some of my favorite verses in Proverbs chapter 3, <clears throat> trust in the Lord with all, little words mean a lot, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding, in all your ways, acknowledge him, what's that mean, thank you Lord, in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths, but I'm going to read a few other verses afterwards. Verse 6, in all thy way, oh no, uh, verse 7, be not wise in your, own, in your own eyes, fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and, narrow, and marrow to uh, your bones. 
It even involves our health to trust in the Lord with all our hearts. It's amazing through these testimonies that we've heard of healings, of improved health, of answered prayers. I'll just mention one testimony that happened recently, just before Christmas. Sharon and I were at Costco, at, um, not Costco, what's the other big one? Walmart. <laughs> and we were there to um, buy groceries for the Christmas baskets for families. And we had five grocery carts. Those are the big ones. Five big ones. $1,500. Where did that money come from? Every one of you. All of your donations went into that. Our laundry baskets, or the, not laundry, but the uh, grocery baskets were filled with laundry baskets that had groceries in them. And we had to get them out to the car. And this younger lady came along and she said, she saw all the, the, the grocery baskets just filled up to the top. And she said, uh, uh, you're getting an awful lot of groceries. What are these for? And we said they're for uh, people that are in need during the Christmas season. And those at our church provide the funds for all of these. She said, oh, that's wonderful. She said, well, let me help you tally it all up, and we'll just ring it, ring it through and <clears throat> carry on from there. And then after that, uh, she said, now, now let me get a couple of our workers to help you carry it out to your car and pack your car. But Sharon, as usual, said, um, where are you from? She said, uh, I'm originally from Mumbai in India. I said, oh, we've been in, in Mumbai in India, and we talked a little bit about that. And Sharon said, could I pray for you? And in her usual way, she just prays by the Holy Spirit coming through her voice. And it was amazing. She was almost in tears. They exchanged addresses and, and um, phone numbers and whatever. And they've been emailing since. So it's amazing how all these opportunities come along to us when we listen to the Holy Spirit. Not with our ears. It's with our spirit. His spirit to our spirit. And just as we heard earlier, turn right here, turn right here. It's amazing how those things happen. And we do turn. And it, it changes everything. And we realize why it happened. It might be just a little thing, or it might be a huge thing. Listening to the Holy Spirit sometimes is drowned out by the noise around us, whether it's traffic or whether it's other voices or music or whatever's going on. But he's still speaking to us. Listen to him. Speak to others who are around you. Many instances during the year, the Holy Spirit will speak to you, and then all of a sudden, whether it's in a, in a lineup in a, a bank or a grocery store or wherever you are, all of a sudden, the opportunity comes forth. And it's beautiful, absolutely beautiful, how God communicates. Now, I'm going to leave you with <clears throat> a verse from Philippians chapter 4 or a few verses, uh, three verses. And it's with regard to listening to the Lord at all times, yes. But it says, be careful for nothing. There have been tragedies in our lives. There have been very difficult times in our lives. But here it says, be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, we can thank the Lord even when we're praying about it, about our need. He's listening, and he's answering right then. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. 
It's not all about us. It's about him and how he communicates with us. He loves us. For God so loved the world. It doesn't matter who they are, the good or the bad. It's something that we have to keep in mind daily. And I'll repeat that. Uh, I'll repeat the address for that, <clears throat> those verses. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Go over them when you can. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Be careful for nothing. God knows our circumstances. The Lord bless you all in the new year in many, many ways. Hi, my name's Galena. Very quickly, in 2007, the Lord spoke three sentences to me, just on listening to the Holy Spirit, always listen. And 2010, uh, he's, he's, the first sentence was, uh, my husband and I need to make a plan B to leave the country. Cut a long story short, we came in 2010 to Vernon, we were there eight years, he and my kids are actually still there. Uh, I came to Victoria, long story, uh, been here four years. And for the first, uh, in fact, since 2007, I've been thinking plan B. God doesn't work with plan Bs. But anyway, as time went, um, I realized he wants plan A for us in Canada. Cut another long story short, about two years ago, the Lord showed me, <clears throat> like in a vision, about A, Victoria's plan A. And just that listening. I came to Life Tree four years ago when I first came to Victoria, and then I didn't have transport, and I've been all over the place for four years, and now I'm back, and I really feel at home. So it's a, it's a massive long story, many miracles, many things have been going on that only God could do. But in a nutshell, listen. Caleb took his mountain after 40 years. That'll be in two years' time for me. I'm still waiting, but I'm excited and I'm hopeful now that I'm in plan A with my God. Thanks. Praise the Lord. Were you guys, were you guys, you guys had something? Okay, we're going we're gonna to make room for one more. The rest of them, you guys share them around the tables at lunch. Hey, guys. As you know, that's not my favorite place to be. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but I'm just remembering a really amazing story. Um, so my friend's mom passed away suddenly, so I rushed up to Williams Lake to be with her. This is a happy story, though. Um, at her memorial, um, I was just chatting with her, and um, our science teacher came up to us and gave us a really big hug. So I was in a Christian school in Williams Lake, and she was our science teacher. I didn't like science till she was an inspiration. That's another story. I chose science because of her. I just loved her. Anyway, um, so my friend and I were learning. I just want to encourage the teens here, learning to hear the Holy Spirit for ourselves at that time. It was a very legalistic school, and the, there were so many rules. But we would spend our lunch hours sharing the power of the Holy Spirit with our teachers, even in a Christian school. Um, and so she was one of those teachers. We would just share our heart and talk to them and challenge them on these rules that they would keep going back to. Um, and that's all I knew. And, and I knew. And so anyway, she told us that us being really real with her um, totally changed her walk with the Lord. I had no idea. This is 20 years later. She said um, she changed churches and read the Bible and really pursued who God was in her life for herself. <laughs> we had no idea. Um, and so she said from there she wasn't welcome in the Christian school anymore, went to the public school, and w in that school would witness. <laughs> and a lot of people came to the Lord through her. And she would go after hours and pray and do circles around the public school in this little town. And just the ripple effects, it's, there's so much more to her story, but um, I guess I want to remind myself and encourage you as you do your daily life and just listen to the Lord, his, the power of his Holy Spirit, um, those seeds, you just never know. <laughs> so just be bold and listen to him in your life every day. <laughs> 
Such a good picture of the seeds being planted. You never know what God's going to do with it. Um, I, I love that on Testimony Sunday we have to go, okay, that's, that's enough. That's enough now. Uh, I hope today that you have been convinced that God is good and that he is at work. Uh, it's, it's just so good to hear these stories, to hear about what he's doing. And let's, let's allow those stories to build in us expectation for more. Expectation for what he wants to do this year through you in this city, in this time. Can we do that? All right. Come on. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for what you've done. We thank you for showing us who you are and what you're like through the stories of real people who are part of our community, our family here. And, God, we say we're believing for more healings this year, more breakthroughs in other people's lives, more divine appointments, more moments of just knowing that you're with us, you're speaking, you're leading, you're guiding we believe to see you move powerfully this year. We ask that. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Life Tree Church Sermon of the Week. At Life Tree, we are a family all about declaring and displaying Jesus to transform lives and benefit our city. If you'd like to find out more about Life Tree, you can find us online at lifetree.ca.